in bow ties. Look, I know my car seems really loud today. Um, I don't know why this side of my car is so loud. Um, this is a situation. So, look. I'm, I, I thought about having a conversation on colorism. But I think I need to think about it a little bit more. Because that's a very nuanced conversation. And when I talk about colorism, I'm talking about within friendships. But instead, I'm just going to talk about black friendships in general. Um, I feel like I have to yell here over this noise. So I'm not good at this car yet. So for those of you who are wondering why am I talking like this, I have a Bronco. I got it in July. It took me almost two years to get this Bronco. So when taking it apart and putting it back together, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not getting a really good air seal. So I need to figure it out or take it into the board people. I mean, figure out you know the situation but let me move on so when I'm, I wanted to talk about black friendships for a second and let me just say this I am not you know immune to the woes that happens in black female friendships okay I've had my share of, of drama and shenanigans I don't think anybody's perfect I've, I've definitely experienced the effects of colorism as far as how people who don't, who are darker than me, how they perceive me. Okay? Now, let me just say this. This isn't about, this particular um, live here is not about colorism, but I think about all the things that plague black women friendships. And I do believe colorism is one of them. And I think what I will need to do is have this conversation. When I talk about colorism, I'm going to have to talk about it separately because I don't want that to, to overshadow this entire conversation. So let me just get on into it. Okay, hold on a second because, you know, traffic is coming to a stop. That means there should be less noise. All right, so look, let me just say this. Um, there was a period of time where I would say things like, oh, I don't have black female friends. I used to say things like that a lot. And, you know, in my silliness, I thought I was saying something. Okay. Um, I, I went through all kinds of things, even in my adult life in the last few years, dealing with certain types of people. But I used to say things like, I don't have black female friendships. And it was only as I've gotten older, I'm like, why, why is that? And part of it for me was, I didn't trust. I didn't trust. I had tried and I had been burned several times. Um, and, and like I said, I will have those kinds of conversations, I think that needs to be a separate live because a lot of them was based off of the effects of colorism in our community, okay? And how people, when they're hurt, they try to hurt other people. But that's not what this is about. So anyway, I used to say that as if it was a badge of honor, like, oh, I don't, I don't have black female friends. Black women are, are evil. I would say things like, these heifers, blah, blah, blah. Well, I was a hurt person. Okay? And I wasn't dealing with the why I was so upset. But I want to talk about this for a second. 
it's it's not a badge of honor if you're a black woman to not have black friends. Now, when I say I didn't have any black friends, let, let me clarify that for a second. My best friend from high school, we have always been friends, but when I went off to college and subsequently um, was commissioned as an officer in the Air Force and I was living outside the country, we weren't as close, not because of drama or anything, but just plain old geography. Um, and then over time, we, we found our way back together. But um, I had black friendships, but I recognized as I got older that they were seasonal. It wasn't that anything bad happened. Life happens, maybe someone moves or, or someone's station in life changes or whatever it is. But I would say a large portion of my relationships with black women, there were they were not healthy unless I had one with someone who was a little bit older and then she was more like a big sister. I was not a threat or anything like that to her, right? I, I mean, now and I know that's probably triggering for some people that I say things like that. Like I said, that's another conversation. So anyway, what I found is that as I have examined um, whether it's people out here in, in these, these YouTube streets or just in life from observation, observation, I'm finding that oftentimes many of these black relationships that do form are formed based off of some sort of like frailty, some sort of uh, trauma, some sort of just down on your luck situation. And if you're in a bad place, I think sometimes there's comfort with being in a bad place. And so I was noticing that oftentimes when people are just in a bad place, you know what? I think that old adage rings true. Misery loves, loves, loves company. Okay? So I don't know if many of these relationships were based off of any sort of real foundation of sisterhood, of love, of support, or anything like that. I think there was a common, I think it was just a common uh, situation, down on your luck, and someone who could commiserate with you. I think, you know, having someone who understood your problem because they were going through it. So I've seen this type of thing, you hear about it. So I, I feel like oftentimes many of these, these friendships or relationships are not built on just pure sisterhood or friendship. It's like a bonding of being in a bad relationship. That's, in my opinion, these are just my opinions, okay? So with that being said, I, I feel like many of these relationships were never healthy from the beginning. Never, from what I have observed. So then what happens is I feel like because in the community in general, I feel like black women have low self-esteem. We're dealing with the gender war, obviously. We're dealing with attacks on our femininity. We're dealing with attacks on our physicality. We're dealing with the constant judgment and the microaggressions, right? So we're, so we're constantly having to adjust to just move throughout our daily lives, throughout society. I feel like because we have such low self-esteem, like I said, we don't know how to build these 
healthy foundational friendships. We don't. And so what happens is when someone starts to get to the point where they want to move out of a bad situation, let's say like they... I don't know if it's good luck. I don't know if maybe just hard work and they were able to um, make some changes in the situation, whatever that may be. It might be financial. It might be relationship-wise. It could be anything. It could be where you're living. I don't know. It, it, it could be career. It could be your health. You know, maybe you've lost weight. Maybe you, uh, I don't know. But when we start to make these changes in our lives, now I'm going to say collectively, right? Um, what happens is the relationship that you're currently tethered to is no longer serving. So I feel like it's almost a, like like it's selfish on both parts, right? The one person may want you to stay in this, this bad situation and the person who tends to be, I'm going to say evolving, maybe that's the word, no longer has a purpose for being in this this bad toxic friendship i could be wrong and, and then what i'm noticing is because these many of these friendships these relationships were never built off of a real sisterhood anyway it was built off of a whole trauma bond and all these these frailties because the community itself is so broken it is so broken what happens is the the friendship the, 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 there's no code there, right? So now women will break up with each other in terms of a friendship and there's no understanding of what that really means. That if you really loved that person as a friend, you wouldn't sell all their secrets to the, the person who's willing to hear it. When these friendships end, they tell all the business. All the business. Let's take a quick break. The heart behind the iMom podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on iMom.com and when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. I don't think we know, when I say we, I'm talking about the community. I don't think we know how to have good friendships. I don't think we do. Um, I don't think we know how to grow our friendships. So like when we find a mate that we are really interested in, right? We will cultivate those relationships. You know, we want to be like chosen, right? Now everyone will look at that as like, oh, oh, pick me. The fact of the matter is I think men and women want to be chosen. Everyone wants to be desired and wanted and all these good things. I just think that we're co-opting these, these terms now to mean something else. But when, when we are are in a relationship where we we a romantic relationship, right? We we tend to put a lot of effort into these relationships. You know, physically we want to be beautiful or handsome, maybe we want to be fit or whatever it is. You know, um, we put a lot of time and effort into those relationships. But when it comes to the friendships, and oftentimes many of them are birthed from something very toxic. We don't know how to um, 
cultivate a healthy friendship, a healthy foundation. So we don't pour the time into it. You know, we're not intentional. We're not intentional. And especially when we get older, you know, but we're not intentional. So I just feel like based on observations, oftentimes people will meet because they want something, not meet just because. Like even in, in my 40s, okay, I have friendships and you know, for those of us who are mature enough, we talk about how we have to be intentional, right? Because we have life that gets in the way or whatever. But when I think about black women in general, when many of these friendships, they were birthed from something very toxic and nothing was cultivated to grow the sisterhood. And then what happens is someone tends to evolve out of this bad toxic state and the one who is so-called left behind is not happy. You know, they either feel abandoned, the person who's so-called evolved starts, they start talking about each other and selling all each other's secrets to the person who's willing to listen. But like I said, these relationships were never really built from any sort of foundationally good. They were formed from the same toxic situation. So maybe you had two women who might have been single moms and who were struggling financially. Well, they had something that they could identify with. So misery loves company. Not to say that single women are always, um, single parents are always miserable. I don't want anyone to conflate that. But what I am saying is if you are in a situation like that and you're financially miserable or whatever it is and, and you're not used to having childcare and all these other things, right? I can see how finding someone who's in a similar situation like you, it is attractive. It's palatable, right? Somebody gets it. Somebody understands you. But you don't spend time growing the actual sisterhood so that when somebody does evolve out of that situation, the, the sisterhood remains intact. And I'm finding that's the reason why a lot of these black women friendships, they struggle. Once you exit out of that trauma situation, should you exit out of that trauma situation, what else is there left? You have nothing in common because you didn't cultivate that relationship. Anyway, so let me tell you something else. What I'm finding now with a lot of these black women friendships because we've all been burned by each other at some point, not all the time, but many times. What happens is I am finding that black women, I'm sorry, I'm hitting a whole bunch of bombs. I am finding that black women do not, let me rephrase that, struggle with being vulnerable with each other. I've definitely experienced that. And then when I try to be vulnerable from something silly, you'll, you'll find that they will make you feel unsafe. I feel like many of these black relationships, not all of them, but many of them are so hard. You should be able to feel vulnerable. I'm not saying be reckless and tell everything, but allow yourself to be vulnerable and soft and have feelings. And I'm finding that we struggle with that. You have, and, and this is the thing, because many women have these unhealthy, toxic friendships, they know they can't be vulnerable because it will give their so-called friends ammunition against them. I've seen it and I've been on the receiving end of it. We don't know how to be vulnerable. We don't know how to trust. You know, we, we don't know how to be candid. We can't even be truly honest with each other. Now, I have gotten 
gotten to the point where I've come a long way with black women friendships. But I do remember for a period of time, I was like, oh no, I don't have black women friendships. And I acted like I ate or something. Like, I, I mean, I was talking as if, you know, like, I was spitting knowledge and not realizing I was sounding like a ding -a -ling. I was like, well, what is it? What's going on that you don't have these good friendships? Different place now. But anyway, getting back to it, I am finding that many of the black women who are in these relationships, these toxic relationships, they can't be vulnerable. They don't know how to be vulnerable because it was birthed from a very toxic relationship anyway. And they know that I can't let this have her see this. Okay, we're not celebrating the successes. Like, legitimately and honestly just celebrating success. And, and when people are down, it's like, hey, I'm here. I, I, I'm in here. What do you need? We don't do it. We don't let our guard down. Um, this is what I think needs to happen. I think more black women need to get out there and try more things, new things, new hobbies. We need those hobbies. And the reason why I say that is because at some point you need to have an interest. You need to have commonalities with people. We need to like, we really need to cultivate that, right? Like we need to get out there, get into some other things. I don't know, join the, 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 the arts and crafts group. I don't know, whatever you need to do. But I, think, I do think we need to do that. Find people with like interests, okay? Because that's how it starts. It starts off with having a like interest. And then you find that you just connect with people and then you may decide, hey, let's get together sometime or whatever like that and you build from there. You cultivate the relationship, but it has to be intentional. I'm not saying that you, these people are going to all be your besties, but you might find somebody's your bestie. I think that when you go out of your way to be intentional, you will create natural groupings. You know, why is this truck next to me like so loud? Like for real though. Why is he next to me so loud? Okay, that truck went by me. Anyway, so I just wanted to say this. When you cultivate relationships with people, you build a commonality. And that's just where I'm at with it. You build a commonality. And that's how you get trust. But I'm finding that what's happening is many of these black women, they just have low self-esteem. Everyone wants to be number one. We, we, we live in this culture of the teardown culture. And I'm like, that, that's why when I look at what's going on on these like reality shows, which I stopped watching almost all of them now because they're so annoying. It's tear down culture. They're not friends. They're not even, they don't even act like coworkers. It's tear down culture because we have such low self-esteem. The only way our fire can be um, lit is if we extinguish somebody else's. And that's just where I'm at with it. We can't see better for ourselves and so we don't want to see better for anybody else. We become extremely self-centered. The fact of the matter is, I feel like many of us are broken. We are broken. That's the reason why we can have a bunch of YouTube channels out here with a whole bunch of black women talking about the same five, three, three topics. Hair, beauty, black men, and, and I don't know what else. And that's all we do is talk about the same things and we don't talk about something else that could be beneficial to us. We don't talk about like why is it so hard for us to have good relationships 
We don't talk about how do we overcome colorism among black women. We don't talk about how we have to improve our health. We don't talk about how we are dealing with the fact that, you know what, I've had to work so hard, you know, just to be seen. We don't talk about what will it take for us to be seen. And why is it that we feel the only way to be seen is to exploit our sexuality? We don't talk about those things. At least I don't see it. I just see people talking about beauty secrets, how to whisper and femininity, um, hair, and how they can't stand black men. That's all they talk about. So... Let me just say this. I feel like black women need to recognize that they can have multiple groups of friends. And most, I think most women do recognize that. Um, I do have um, male relationships. Um, I can't have anybody closer than my husband, of course, you know. And But I do have female relationships, female friends. And it's okay to have multiple groups of friends. And I do believe in having friends that are not just black women right now. It is hard for black women to trust white women. I'll give you that. It's hard for me. Like, like they know. Like, I'm just a special kind of chick. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, what are y'all doing? But I'm honest about where I am. I'm honest about where I am. I think my relationship with non-black people, they know I have to keep it honest. I'm like, look, I don't know what that is. That's not what I would do. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't even like my daughter having these sleepover. I'm like, no, she's not. They're like, are you sure? I'm like, no, she has a home and a, and a bed, and she has parents who love her. She can stay home. She can sleep at home in her own bed. It's a nice bed. Okay, I just went off on a whole tangent. You can tell I must have had PTSD or something. I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh. But yeah, let me just say this. For those of you who even thought this was interesting, go ahead and leave me a comment. Let me know what you think about this because I could have it all wrong, but I'm going based off of my uh, observations. I hope you enjoyed it, right? Let me know what you think about this, but I definitely think I really would love to have a panel. I would like to have people come on and talk about the effects of colorism in friendships, but I want it to be like productive. I just don't want it to be like there was this one time when somebody did this to me. I'm like, we, we all know the stories. Heck, I've got stories. I've got some stories, honey. I can give you, look, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. But this is just, I'll keep it um, short and sweet. I remember I was in college. I won't give you her name. I'll just say her name was T. I was friends with this woman. Her, her name was T. Skin woman. Um, I, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought she was super dope. Like, we were really cool. And I noticed she started acting strange. She just being really, like, nasty towards me. I'm like, what is her problem? Long story short, it comes out. Apparently, T liked some dude who apparently liked me that I didn't even know liked me, but she knew he liked me. I wasn't even checking for the guy at all. And she, this, this chick went, <laughs> this chick went around spreading rumors that I was a lesbian and I had tried to come on to her. Now, what she didn't know was I was actually trying to talk to somebody else. And the, the, the funniest thing about that situation, because I didn't even know what was going on, and most of all, let me get past this truck. This truck is super loud. Hold on. The funny thing about this situation was the people on campus that, that I knew and the guys, they knew it was crap. They knew I was actually talking to somebody else. 
And one of the guys was the one who put me on. He was like, she's not your friend. You know what she's doing? Now we know it's not true. And multiple people are like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at her sideways like, and you know, she denied it. But I'm like, well, you're acting crazy. And she's, I don't know, she said something stupid to me. I don't even remember what it was. It's so long ago. But those kinds of things leave an impression. Now, I, I will say this. Women have gone through a lot of things. I do think when it comes to friendships, there needs to be a separate conversation to why colorism affects friendships, black women friendships, because it's alive and real. It is alive and real. I, I really think I should do one. Um, the problem is I don't have time in the evenings anymore and me doing it in the car and I've got my Bronco today, which is loud as I don't know what, makes it really difficult to even say what I want to say and I really feel like to have that conversation it shouldn't be just me this should be a group of women who look like me who don't look like me who are black that should be in that conversation why is there so many loud cars today that so anyway I think that needs to be a separate discussion the problem is most of the people I know they don't want to come live. They don't want to have these conversations live. And that's the problem I run into, trying to get black women to come live. They're like, no. But I do feel like that needs to be a conversation. I don't know how I'm gonna have that conversation, but I do think it affects friendships or relationships. All right, so go ahead, leave a comment. Let me know what you think about our whacked out uh, black women friendships. Um, I think that over time they will get better because I think we recognize that um, we are a very unhealthy group of women who are trying to become more healthy. Um, I know people don't like for me to say things like that, but, but it is what it is. It is what it is. You can't tell me that we're healthy. We're not healthy. We are out here getting these weird BBLs and, and everybody's got the same face and the same uh, wig. And, and eyebrows and I'm like don't tell me that you are in love with yourself and everybody's trying to get a European aesthetic and when you tell me that oh I love my hair I'm like well why is it when you get a wig you always go for the straight and silky you don't go for the afro wig I, I don't knock it I mean because the straight and silky is awesome too but I think black women have some mess about them that we haven't gotten honest about we're not honest we, we got low self-esteem we are we like we're, we're still like looking for well in my opinion i think some of us are still looking for acceptance from black dudes some of us have gotten smarter and said hey it is what it is let me move forward it's either going to be with the black guy or not with the black guy i gotta live my life kudos to those women we've got a lot of issues going on with health how we view health we will convince ourselves that being big is okay i think being big is okay in terms of if you accept the fact you're, you're big, but that doesn't necessarily mean help. I know I'm not a doctor. I know people are gonna be like, you're not a doctor. You can't say that I'm not healthy. I'm like, look, if it applies, it applies. And if it doesn't apply, it doesn't apply. Get out your feelings. All right, go ahead. Let me know your thoughts. Put it in the comments. Catch you next time.